Hi, my name's Conrad, and you're listening to the Young Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by the Philips Innovation Group. Joining me today is Vim Case from Sinto. Sinto won the Rough Diamond League in 2020. Also joining me today is Mai from Vavin. Vavin is a partner of the Philips Innovation Group. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Maybe you guys can start with a short introduction on who you are and how you're involved in the Philips Innovation Award. Yeah, Wim Case, uh, one of the founders of Sinto, um, and actually one of the participants of the Philips Innovation Award, um, and uh, reached it to the finals, actually won the Rough Diamond Award, and uh, yeah, really happy to be here together with you all to, uh, to uh, make this podcast. Amazing. Sorry. Sorry, my, <laughs> my name's Mai, I work for Wavin, which is one of the companies that supports the Philips Innovation Awards, and they're quite involved. And I come from the technology and innovation department. I'm one of the project managers who runs a global, yeah, you can call it an entrepreneurship program or internal innovation program. Awesome. Yeah, so today I, I wanted to talk about innovation uh, as a main theme uh, within the two aspects that we have here, because we have a startup and uh, more of a corporate company. And I wanted to get your thoughts on how innovation happens within those two companies and yeah, how the listeners maybe can approach in, the, in their own uh, environments. Uh, so I wanted to start, you just dropped the word in, entrepreneurship instead of entrepreneurship. What is entrepreneurship uh, as opposed to entrepreneurship? Yeah, so it is quite similar. Um, but of course, the main difference is that it occurs within a company, uh, generally with employees, but it actually uses a lot of the same concepts as entrepreneurship. Um, just, of course, because you're operating within a company, there are some slight differences. It really depends. It depends. There are different, some different challenges. Um, like, I think if you compare entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, obviously, because you're already a part of a company, you have more support than maybe a startup who has to go out and you have to get funding and convince people that your idea is worth investing in. Um, you still have to do the same convincing, but generally you have a support of a company if they do believe that. So there's some small differences like that. Um, yeah, generally it's following a lot of the same concepts. We do learn a lot of entrepreneurship and startup and things about those fields because sometimes they do help us a lot. Cool. And Vimke, is un you're the entrepreneur here. And um, so how, how is your approach to innovation within your entrepreneur environment? Yeah, maybe um, a little bit background of myself. So actually, I have also a background in a corporate environment uh, in the financial sector. I was as product manager responsible for uh, developing the mobile apps and client portals where you log into as a client. They typically face data privacy challenges uh, around getting access to data, sharing data. Uh, typically face all, all kind of risk assessments, legal procedures that you know, was a big pain in the ass and took a lot of time, effort from all involved people. That was really the moment that I felt like, okay, we need to have uh, a solution for these challenges. And that was the moment that I felt like, okay, let's, uh, let's start Sinto. That was in the beginning of 2019. Um, and that was, was also the moment that I felt like, okay, what's, what's, what is innovation? And actually with corporates, I really feel like they like to talk about innovation, but what they actually mean is improvement. Um, and I think... The difference between improving things and innovating is with innovating you do things really different and with improving you're doing actually the same but then uh, a little bit better than, than you're used to by whatever reason. And I think that's the key difference in um, 
at least in my experience from working in a corporate environment and working in a startup is yeah, with a startup you really have to think act differently differently while in the corporate you have to constantly think okay how can we be more efficient how can we adopt new uh, innovations that are actually already in the market and have some proven record and that's that's at least my experience from innovation in practice right that's really interesting because um in a way you're saying that innovation within a corporate is actually not really stepping outside of the status quo to call it like that but how do you within a corporate environment try to really innovate and not just improve like young case said well first of all i i think it depends on the company because i i definitely incremental innovation is always the easiest period that's always the case there's startups to do it as well um it's very rare to come up with something totally new and totally different. Um, and I think it really depends on how the company is set up. So I think radical innovation definitely does happen. It's more difficult. And again, going back to some of the differences, of course, when you work with a big company, like you said, you have all the legal stuff. You have at least what we called in, in the study incumbency. And if it's not structured the right way, you can weigh your innovation department down. Um, so generally what has to happen is you have to have, well, usually that's why companies have innovation departments. You have people who don't have to work with customers. They don't have to work with like the normal day-to-day -day operations that you need to keep your business alive. That right. is what will weigh down innovation, uh, radical innovation or, or more innovative things. Um, that's really more where incremental stuff comes from. Um, so you really have to make sure you do have a team to tackle that. You do have, they have a little bit more freedom, more freedom than the operation side mm. to experiment and do those things. Yeah. yeah. So it is possible, but I do, I do understand totally um, what was said is that it is difficult and it is one of the biggest challenges of corporations and of companies. But to say that Google doesn't come out with radical innovation or Tesla or something, that's also not true. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so... Would you say that in a way within your corporation you're trying to uh, bring the same culture as you would have within a startup uh, into that innovation team to yes. try to boost the innovation? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You have teams that are smaller, they're more flexible, they can tackle those types of things. And then, of course, you also have the side that looks out and acquires startups. Mm. That is also another way that companies can pick up more radical innovation. Why do it yourself? when you can let someone do it and then uh, support them or buy them out or whatever it is. I mean, there's tons of strategies for yeah. it. The innovation team doesn't have to worry about the everyday running of the company and can focus on innovation. H have you uh, had a problem with that at a certain point that you have to do both, innovate very hard and acquire new clients? Yeah. Yeah, I think as a startup, you what I say, you have always three challenges. That's either people clients or uh, funding and depending on the stage where you are <laughs> it's one of the one of the one of the those three uh, the differences are there are only one at uh, the one stage uh, you the focus more on, on hiring people good people talent uh, while on the other stage uh, uh, it's more about getting funding raising funding or uh, uh, attracting new clients uh, and I think we're typically within a startup, at least from my experience, I think a bit big important metric is, is speed uh, in delivering your solution fast and learn from that. While in a corporate, it's more about quality. Um, 
uh, uh, making mistakes is can have bigger impacts in the corporates, especially if you have many clients and a reputation. While in a startup, uh, typically you have competition or uh, there's a certain speed uh, that is important to either yeah, gain uh, gain traction or raise your, ex- your next round. Uh, so yeah, their speed is a is a more important uh, metric in terms of realizing new uh, improvements or innovation. So I think that's also an interesting challenge to look at from from both perspectives. Because mm, time is very expensive in a in a startup. But do you do you get the feeling, uh, my my, that you sometimes have so much time in a corporate that it slows down the innovation, or can you change the culture in a certain way within a team to give them that feeling of speed and the need to deliver something to improve value. Yeah, again, you have to kind of keep them a little bit separate. Mm. Um, there is a separation that you have to have um, because, again, it's very easy to get weighed down by the corporate stuff. Very, very easy. Um, especially the more bigger people are involved, the more time it takes to get to them. Like, It's certainly a challenge um, Yeah, that, that a lot of companies face. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean... Yeah, he's right. Speed, agility, flexibility, and having a small, agile team is generally how you do that. Cool. Awesome. So you guys, um, for your startup, are you guys working with any incubators or anything like that? Or are you just working just together with your team, with the startup team? Yeah, yeah, we are mainly working with, uh, with the startup team. Uh, and we are also involved in, uh, in programs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my honest answer on programs is that you have to be really critical on where you uh, join and where not to join because as startup your time is really scarce not only your own time but also from your team mm-hmm. typically those programs can take quite some time and um, yeah that's that that's a big challenge in uh, in a in a startup uh, startup uh, environment and it's really about picking the program that really fits with your startup so it it really should be a um, yeah, and, and value enhancer, an accelerator, and an incubator, whatever name you give it, that should really mm-hmm. add value to the startup. And yeah, that is still something really to to think about before you join one of the programs. At least that's how we approach it, uh, because um, yeah, the, the the amount of time that you put in into it, um, yeah, of course there should be val- come value out of, uh, out of it, but you yeah, should be critical about it as well. Awesome. I want to talk a little bit about um, where innovation. Uh, and the Philips Innovation Award kind of uh, came together because you've experienced it as a rough diamond. Whereabouts in your startup journey did the Philips Innovation Award come in and what was your overall experience with that within your innovation journey? Yeah, basically only had a PowerPoint deck. Uh, so there was not a company yet. Uh, we the only, w- the only three of us were the three founders. Um, and we joined the program to really validate our proposition, see if there's... Uh, uh, to get feedback from uh, from the market and yeah especially with all the yeah coaching trajectories within the program we strengthened our proposition uh, collected feedback to yeah strengthen our uh, our yeah the, the strengthen the product market fit and yeah during the program i think we we really grow from a 50% ready uh, pitch deck towards maybe like a 90 to 95% ready pitch deck um, and so that really helped us in in starting Sinto actually. So um, and there now thereafter we won the Philips Innovation Award. Uh, for us, it was a really important milestone, um, especially because that was the year that COVID uh, hit us. And 
yeah, it was the moment that would be for like, okay, is this the moment to start start with a startup? Uh, but I think that was one of the triggers to actually proceed with this. Um, and as we are working with data privacy solutions, um, uh, healthcare is an important uh, is an important uh, sector for us. And yeah, the Philips Innovation Award was especially in that, that stage where we didn't have client yet, uh, we didn't have track rec- record, an important reference case um, yeah, in conversations with, with, um, uh, with prospects, but also with investors. So it definitely helped us not only in strengthening our pop- proposition, but also in um, the process after the Philips Innovation Award where we, uh, we, where we had this strong uh, reference case. Cool. Did you expect it to get as far as it did? Uh, no, actually not. No, <laughs> when we no uh, the honest <laughs> answer like, like when we started like we 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 filled in the form. I remember the the, the form. It was it was not really strong a proposition yet. It was kind of uh, um, yeah the fifty percent version. So we were kind of surprised that we uh, that we were selected already uh, in the in the in the f- for the first round. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was how we started it. But that's that's I think the fil- value of the Philips Innovation Award that that it really triggers you. It helps you to strengthen your your proposition. Um, so that's uh, so that's that's how we started and how we ended. Wow, that's really cool. What was that? What were there specific moments within the the Philips Innovation Award journey which really really improved uh, your proposition? Yeah, I think the um, I think it was the semi-finals. That was the moment where we needed to do a pitch. Um, so that was actually the moment also that you have to think of, had to think about. I think it was one minute, and the shorter it's always more challenging because uh, you have to put all your 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 uh, your whole proposition in only one minute. And especially if you have a technical proposition like us, it was was uh, was challenging. So th- that one minute was something we we quite spent quite some time on <laughs> to get it right. Um, but I think that was really the moment that we felt like, okay, this this is the proposition. We go for it. We put everything in it, and uh, yeah, the the semifinals was a uh, was a really uh, great round and helped us also working for uh, working towards the finals. In between the <laughs> finals, uh, the semifinals and the final, how what happened there? Because the the, the people that are now uh, participating are currently in that phase. Uh, how did you approach it, and how would you advise? Uh, the participants now to approach it. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I think that was the moment that we decided that it would be cool to win the Philips Innovation Award. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, and and I think the best tip to give uh, to the, to the audience, uh, I, you probably you already have your your proposition. Um, I think two important things. The first one is think about what differentiates you towards uh, maybe competitors, maybe maybe towards uh, in, in comparison towards the status quo. Really think about those factors and try to highlight them as uh, as, as good and as much as possible. And the second one is yeah, make sure that you prepare really well because the finals, at least what I can remember, was in at least due to COVID, it was in. A, in the in Hilversum at the television sta- um, um, how do you say it the television studio, which was kind of uh, scary because it was live. There were a lot of cameras on you. Yeah. You couldn't see your PowerPoint slide, and then you had to pitch in three minutes, and you have have to do the pitch by uh, head by head. Um, so you will get nervous. You will get uh, excited. So make sure that you really know your text by heart, uh, because uh, you do not want to be in a situation that you lose your text or that you that your yeah, that the pitch delivery is something where you miss points on. Mm. 
Interesting. Very good advice. Now, on the other side, you were a participant. Wavin is obviously a uh, adjudicator, a judge within the uh, Philips Innovation Award. What uh, what did judges look for in a startup or in a proposition? Hmm. A few things. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd say the first thing is that it does have value. It has very clear, very strong value. Whether you show that with numbers of how much money you can save or how much time it saves or what it is, but it has to be something that's simple but strong, I'd say. And that's why I, have, I was laughing at the one minute, because uh, you always have to, we call it elevator pitch. It's yeah. a very, very common thing in innovation, is get to the point. Why is it important? Why do you need to have it? Um, why should you invest in it? A and really, it should only be like a sentence or two, in theory, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say, and also that it, it's just, it's clear, it's well done. Is it well supported? Is there good research? Is there good data? Is there good all of those things? And then do you communicate that it can do those things well? Or that those things are clear? And uh, in terms of what is the most common question, because obviously after a pitch there's around for some questions, what is the most common question that you would ask as a judge or something that often doesn't come up in a pitch but you really want to know? My question is usually why. I think that's what people don't usually explain. Because they're like, oh, we need a uh, search engine. Why? Why do you need it? And a lot of times, actually, people can't answer that. I even if they have good ideas, mm. um, sometimes it takes asking that five or six, seven times. Well, you need it because of this. Why do we need this? Well, you need this because of this. Why? And you have to break it down to the absolute core essence of it. Um, so that's usually my question. Yeah. Um, and of course, it depends. It depends on on the idea. It depends on uh, what's missing for every team. That's going to be different for every presentation. Uh, but generally, I find that it's lacking that core idea of 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 why they're doing it. Right. Yeah. And and why is as in like a personal motivation for the founders, or as in for the market, the value it gives in the market for the company. Right. right. Why should we do this? Why should we invest in this? Yeah. Basically, that, that's, that's more or less what it is. Right. And it always comes down to like a couple of main things. Does it save time? Does it save money? Does it save any legal you know, issues? Um, it usually comes down to diff a few. I mean, not always the same thing, but uh, it's more sustainable, right? So it'll save water, which, will, which is a problem that, that we know of. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's really more of what I generally get stuck asking people. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That's very good advice. But now the big one, what is for you the winning advice for someone who's now participating or someone who's <laughs> going to participate in the future? What advice would you give to be in the same situation as Sinto now that you are a winner of the Philips Innovation Award? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a judge, so let me just make that clear. Yeah, Wavin does... Yeah provide a judge. I believe it's our CEO, uh, Marta Ruf, who is one of the judges. He participates. So I don't speak on behalf of him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, personally, if, if I was a judge, uh, what I would look for is, is again, something that, that it's clear, it's powerful, 
and it just makes sense. And and like he said, the hardest part is to make it make sense in one minute or two minutes or three minutes um, to really get to the core of the problem and and yeah, basically. But you also need to have a good idea as well. I recognize that as well because you can communicate something and it's. Uh, yeah, there still might be a better idea. So I'd say a little bit of a mix of both. Awesome. The winning advice from your side as an old participant, what is your golden winning advice? Yeah, I think I already gave two advice, but I would stick to the second one, given that you cannot do anything about your proposition. Uh, um, yeah, you can sharpen it, of course, but I think an uh, important one, at least what we did, is record your pitch, uh, put it on YouTube, send it to a couple of persons ask for feedback and then uh, do something with the feedback or don't do, so do <laughs> or, or don't do something <laughs> with the feedback <laughs> but um, yeah i would say um, record it and uh, ask for feedback and then improve it um, that's what we did and uh, also helps you in in listening to your uh, to your pitch preparing your pitch um, for a video uh, so that would be my tip awesome well thank you both very much for all of your advice and for sharing some ideas today. Do you guys have some closing remarks you want to make? Or I would say um, just enjoy the, the the finals. I mean, it's an important uh, it's an important moment, uh, but it's also a kind of an, uh, a milestone for yourself for your startup. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a highlight. You should enjoy it as well. So uh, don't forget that. That would be my suggestion as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't panic. Um, no, I just say um, the biggest thing is don't get don't get lost in the details. You want to have one very clear message of what your idea is about. Yeah, remember your audience is one of the biggest things, and to make it digestible for them. Well, thank you both very much, and thank you for listening to the Young Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Thanks.